Welcome. Welcome back to the QC Hornets Nest, the podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and giving you inside access other shows can't. Next week's ep, I'm joined by Gordon Haywood. We discuss the ups and downs of the Hornets injury plague season, how he would describe his two plus years with the franchise, what he enjoys most about Charlotte, which other teams young players excites him most, and more. So you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. Once again, as usual, just when you think it can't get any worse for these Charlotte Hornets, something like Monday night happens. And it's still kind of hard to wrap your head around it when you see LaMelo walk off the court after what we now know to be fracturing his ankle. And it's just one of those things that still is a head scratcher because it was a non-contact injury and it was a different ankle we have been dealing with previously. We know he missed time with three left ankle sprains this season, beginning in a preseason against the Washington Wizards. And it's kind of started going all downhill from there. But he was in a groove of late, playing his best ball by far of the season, doing things to capture new franchise records and give you, as a Hornets fan, the only really thing to hang your hat on over his last month and change of the season, knowing that you aren't going to the playoffs. But hey, at least I can watch LaMelo Ball out there, see him do his thing, and see how much the Hornets can just help him grow so they can build around him in the offseason. And then that happens. So with him being out for the season and with the Hornets having 18 games remaining going into the finale of their homestand against the Orlando Magic on Friday night, it's still it's hard to fathom what this team has been through this year. They were just playing their best ball, which again is a good thing, but a bad thing because you want to see them improve and get something to kind of structure around as they try to find a way to win, as Steve Clifford likes to call it. But then to have that happen after you're on a five, you know, game winning streak, and now you're up to 20 wins, you don't have your best player. And the season, as we know, is, is lost, it's over. And you've kind of created a little bit of distance between yourself and the bottom three spots now. So while I understand that that's probably where you want to be, per se, if you're a Hornets fan, because you have a higher percentage, 14% chance if you're in the bottom three teams of getting that number one overall pick, a.k.a. Victor Wembanyama. Being fourth isn't a bad thing, per se, because you have a 1.5% chance less than those top three teams, excuse me, bottom three teams, I guess you want to call that, of, of getting the first overall pick. But the Hornets are definitely in a weird spot right now because you go from seeing improvement and feeling good about yourself when you're on a, a season-long winning streak to all of a sudden now 
you have to kind of figure out how you're going to be able to score enough points to make this thing work the last month change of the season. And, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It, it's There's no way around it. LaMelo was the heart and soul of his team. He's their best player. For people who don't really know, um, behind the scenes, he does a lot to kind of keep people in a in a good, positive vibe. You know, you may be losing and things may not be going your way, but if he's back there cracking jokes, smiling, making you laugh, just being a 21-year-old, then those things kind of make the pain a little bit easier to deal with at times when you're losing. But now that he's not around and you, you can't count on him because he's he's out for the season, you just got to figure out how to just put your head down as Gordon Haywood, who obviously is our guest and, and explained to me several times over the last couple of weeks, and you'll hear from him in a bit. But from now on, it's just about growth for this team in terms of how do players get better individually to be able to find a collective way for this team to win next season and beyond. Because right now, there is nothing to play for, nothing at all. And if you're a Hornets fan, it's probably just par for the course because when the season began with LaMelo um, sideline because of the ankle that he hurt in the preseason, and you have almost every key player missing some kind of time, whether it's LaMelo missing action four times, Terry Rozier, Gordon Haywood being out of lineup, Kelly Oubre missing time after having a hand surgery. It seems like the beat goes on. And oh, by the way, P.J. Washington has missed a couple of games since the All-Star break has concluded because he sprained an ankle. And it, it's ankle, foot, whatever you want to call it. It's just a sprain. And once again, another injury to deal with. So the Hornets, for anybody who, who's old enough to remember MASH, you know, they they – a mass unit is probably even being kind to these guys because this season has been incredibly unfortunate and absurd with the amount of injuries that they've had. And with LaMelo being out for the season, it is really the cherry on top to an unbelievably painful season if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan. All right, time for the mailbag, which is you guys know and gals know is my favorite part of the podcast as we interact with each other virtually and try to get some answers to some of your questions. So thank you guys for sending your questions in as usual. It's truly appreciated. So the first question this week comes on from Twitter and it's from at LUK3M10. And the question is, what's the ceiling on Mark Williams? And it's kind of hard to put that into words and quantify it. Um, but I do think the Hornets definitely have found, um, have definitely found their, their, their inside presence. They've been looking for somebody for years now to fill that center role. Going back to the days of having Bisbach Biombo and Cody Zeller and, um, you know, even Billy Hernan Gomez, just trying to have these different players fill that role. But none of them were, rim protectors, none of them were at the same kind of, you know, parallel parallel lengthwise as Mark Williams. I mean, if you stand next to Mark Williams, 
the guy is tall, like not just tall, like really tall. So when he's out there holding his arms up, he's a really intimidating presence to be able to get a shot over because you have to kind of alter the way you go at him. You can't just say, I'm going to go straight at this guy and try to dunk on him. No, he might reject your shot um, and, and it might not go in your favor. So I like the fact that you can see he has a little bit of a polished to his game offensively kind of coming uh, more than he did the first part of the year. He has a little jump hook going. He hit a little short jump shot as well, uh, about, you know, six to eight feet out. So if he can just continue to just get better offensively and develop some more post moves and then extend his range, I mean, he could be lights out. You talk to Steve Clifford about him, and he thinks that eventually with his shooting form that he'll be able to become a three-point shooter. Could you imagine Mark Williams shooting three-pointers? He'd be like Brooke Lopez. <laughs> because that's how Brooke Lopez was when he was with the, the Brooklyn Nets at first, when I covered the Brooklyn Nets and, and Avery Johnson wouldn't basically yell at Brooke if he took a three-point shot. And now look at Brooke. That's one of his strengths is shooting behind a three-point arc. So to be able to see Mark Williams do something similar would be really cool if you're a Hornets fan. And listening to Steve, you know, listening to, to Steve Clifford is definitely a possibility. So to answer your question, uh, I'm not sure there's a real way to break down his ceiling because, you know, he could be an all-star or, you know, he could be somewhere between. Um, but I don't want to, you know, say he's going to be this or that because we haven't seen enough of him just yet. But I definitely think from the small sample size that we have seen and just his demeanor and how much the guys like him um, and how much he fits well ready with LaMelo Ball, that the Hornets definitely have something in Mark Williams. So um, thanks a lot for the question. Appreciate that one um, because, you know, again, Mark is one of those players people are going to watch and want to know how he's doing as he kind of finishes this rookie season. So thanks for the question. That's definitely a good one. All right. Next question is one that kind of pops up a lot. And I just kind of want to address it here real quick because it seems to come up a little more frequently than it, than it should. And the question comes from um, at AKA CK on Twitter. And the question is, is the sense that Clifford, as in Steve Clifford, of course, will continue to be the coach next season? And I know it was really bizarre last season when uh, I got asked this question about James Borrego and then a week or so later, he got fired. I will say this about Steve Clifford and the co situation the Hornets are in right now with coaches. They're still paying James Borrego. This was only the first year of his extension. They just bought in Steve Clifford in the offseason, somebody who they like a lot, somebody who was available for them after they had come to an agreement with Kenny Atkinson and he backed out and stayed in Golden State. So say all that, what I'm trying to say is basically he's not going anywhere, anywhere. And you factor the Hornets have had so much injuries this season on top of all that, that was out of his control. And there's no way you're going to get rid of Steve Clifford. That just doesn't make any sense right now. If you wanted to say next season, the Hornets have had a full healthy year. They didn't get to the point that they want to and they kind of took another step backwards, then you can revisit that question at that point. But right now, I don't even see how it's even, even remotely a possibility that Steve Clifford goes anywhere for, as I mentioned, a number of reasons, 
but first financially when they're already tied up to James Borrego as well, and on top of the injuries and just what have going what's going on for this team this year, it's kind of out of his control. You know, he took responsibility. I talked to him, as you guys heard the pod um, a couple weeks back about some things on offense and defense, but the Horns have not had their entire team for the better part of this season. It's not really his fault. So to make it seem like he's not coming back next year, to me, is ludicrous. Um, you know, I was weird things have happened, as we know, in the NBA, but I just don't see Steve Clifford not coming back for the second year of his second stint of his tenure. But thanks again for the question. Again, it pops up a lot. Um, hopefully uh, it won't pop up as much anymore because he's not going anywhere, folks. Um, so just buckle down for at least one more season of Steve Clifford and see if he can kind of turn this franchise around the way that he and everybody else inside the organization wants to. So thanks again for the questions, you guys. I really enjoyed the mailbag. It's, again, my favorite part to be interactive with you as readers and listeners to be able to pick my brain and see what I think about certain subjects. So thank you guys very much for the questions. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm here with Gordon Haywood. Thanks for giving me some time, Gordon. Um, just season-wise for you guys, man, um, a lot of injuries, obviously, now with LaMelo going down. Can you explain just how tough it is to have to deal with this amount of injuries, um, knowing you guys haven't had your full team with us so much, and then when right. you get your full team to come together, you, you start winning, this right. happens. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's been a frustrating season. There's no doubt about it. Um, certainly not the season I think we all envisioned. Um, but it's kind of how the NBA works, how professional sports work. Um, you hate to see it. Injuries are the worst part of the game, but um, they're part of it. And so you kind of have to deal from it. And, you know, I know we talked a little while ago, but it's still, I think, should be focusing on growth. And, um, you know, we, we have a long ways to grow. You mentioned the growth part. I know Cliff talks about trying to find a way to win, like a style to win for each team. How important, I know, I know Mel's the outwives, but how important is it for you guys that are still around to find ways to win in his style that you can take as you kind of move forward here going toward next season and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because I felt like throughout the whole year we've had guys in and out of the lineup, so it's been and and then key guys too, and guys that are uh, high usage guys, guys that use the ball. So it's hard to find that style when guys are in and out, and it did feel like we were starting to find some sort of rhythm together and chemistry. And then now Lamelo goes down, so we have to you know kind of reinvent it a little bit, uh, kind of back to how it was the very beginning of the season. Um, but I think. You know, for us, there's still things we can do. We can still guard. Uh, I think every night you can go out there and be in the right positions defensively and give yourself a chance. You guys have won five games going to the game against Phoenix. What would you say has been the reason for that um, streak? Yeah, our defense. Uh, I think Cliff said we were, we're like fifth in defense in those five games, and that's that's um, certainly a formula to win because no matter what happens on the offensive end, you're still in the game. and. Um, you give yourself a shot, and we're able, especially with our team, with how athletic and quick we are, once we get stops, we can really push it and use our, our weapons on out on the perimeter and get some easy looks. So I think it's all been defense. It seems like you of late have been more aggressive going to the basket. Is that something that is just true? What about that? Something like not something for jump shots out there. Yeah. What about that part of the game and trying to be a little more aggressive? Right yeah, there? I think just trying to attack the rim has been a, just a mindset thing, but also it's something where I'm starting to feel better healthy and and feel 
you know, more like myself. And as I mentioned earlier, it's been a season where we've had injuries and myself included on that, where it's just, you're kind of dealing with nagging things, first the shoulder broken, and, you know, hamstrings or things that linger for a while. So starting to feel a little bit better. And I think attacking the rim has always been the biggest part of my game. And that kind of opens everything else up. Yeah, you even had that one follow up dunk a couple of games ago, yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did that surprise yourself too a little bit out there, man? Nah, I don't know if it surprised me, but I still got some bounce in me. <laughs> <laughs> what's it like to I mean honestly this is your what, third season out here man yeah like it hasn't worked out the way you would seem to have liked to how would you characterize things and, and when it goes the right way here like how much do you want to be a part of it I guess too yeah I mean I, I love it here in Charlotte we were just talking about living here it's one of the it's, it's the best place I've lived at in my NBA career and we will probably continue to live here and um, I would consider I consider Characterized, you know, my time here is unlucky. I think it's just been uh, ending first two seasons and injury, you know, this year with LaMelo being injured. We've had guys injured my whole time here, actually. So uh, it's a little bit unlucky and unfortunate, but that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, and then when you can see turning it around here potentially, can you envision just how much the fans want that to happen? Because you can see these games, you guys are playing well and the atmosphere is there. What about if you guys can actually get to playoffs. Can you imagine what that'll be like? Yeah, it'd be amazing. Um, You know, I think we're right there on the cusp of it. Uh, We got to have some things go our way, but um, certainly it's exciting times here in in Charlotte with the young core that they have here, and I'm happy to be a part of it. You mentioned the young core. Like, who excites you um, of the young guys? I mean, don't see anybody out, but is it Mark? Um, Is it JT? Like, is it Bryce? Like, of the young guys, like, who kind of you say, you know what, that guy may be something I should keep an eye on for sure. Oh, I, I think all three of them have had moments this season where you're like, wow, man, it's fun to watch him play. Uh, Mark's come on strong here late, which I think is a credit to him, even at such a young age, being a professional, having to go down to the G League, kind of wait his turn and for him to come on. He's got such a bright future. And um, I think Bryce and JT are extremely good players as well already, both young and, um, you know, a lot of potential. I think with all, with all young players, it's all about work. I mean, um, you know, I know all too well. Anything can change in a matter of an instant, and you got to be able to stay and put the work in and remain hungry. And um, I think they all got good work ethics, which I think is is one of the most important things. How, how important is Cliff for you guys, Steve Clifford, to kind of lead you guys right now? What's been like playing for him, and, and how's it different than coaches you've had previously, if at all? Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been great for us. I think he's been put in a tough position as well with, with the injuries. It's, it's hard to coach when you don't know who's going to be out there and when you kind of game plan for a certain thing. And then, like I said, you've got high usage guys that are that are in and out. Um, so that's been tough, certainly, on him. I think he's tried to come in and really help our defense. And we've been focused on a lot of some terminology and, and schemes and, and that type of things. But he's, he's done a great job for us. And the last thing is you mentioned the growth part of the team and just want to see the next guest, you know, 18, whatever games it is. Um, how important is it for you guys to be able to see some growth here, some tangible, so you feel good about yourselves going through the offseason coming up? Well, I think it just it helps you have some confidence going into the offseason. It gives you a little bit of fuel for the offseason. Um, you know, you're ending it on a high note and you're able to kind of um, use the successes that you had and, and use that as motivation and fuel going into the offseason. You feel a little good. You get a little pep in your step. Um, I think you always want to try to focus on the growth, though. And uh, like I said earlier, we got a lot of room to grow. So um, 
Hopefully we finish these last 18 games strong. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks, Gordon, for the time. Appreciate it. Well, much appreciated to Gordon Haywood for giving me some of his time. Hope you guys got a little bit of insight into uh, how he's thinking, how the team is feeling as they deal with these injuries and try to move forward here. Um, but thanks to Gore for giving me a few minutes. So let's look ahead right now um, what the Hornets have coming up. They end their homestand with a date with the Orlando Magic on Friday before hitting the road for a three-game road trip. And the Magic, as we know, are no slouches. They actually have a better record, six wins more than the Hornets. Um, so even though the Hornets have beaten them this year, it's one of those things where the Magic is, you know, a team that's, that shouldn't be taken very lightly at all. So once the Hornets get past that game, they head to New York for a two-game series, essentially, um, playing Brooklyn first on Sunday and then having them between games before meeting with the Knicks at the Garden on Tuesday. And Knicks, so we know, are red hot right now. You know, Brooklyn obviously is, is struggling a little bit since trading away Kevin Durant. And then they finished the road trip off um, in Detroit. And we know what happened last time they were in Detroit. Uh, they lost. So these four games, definitely not gimmies, especially with the Hornets missing LaMelo and having to kind of figure out how to get some offense going here. So, you know, maybe at best they can, you know, be two and two if they're lucky. Um, one and three probably is, is likely. Um, 0-4 is definitely a possibility, not out of the realm. Um, so have to kind of see how, what the Hornets do moving forward here as they try to just, again, find some more offense without LaMelo and, and just figure out these last, you know, 18-plus games how to make things work in their favor to be able to stay in these games and not feel like they're already undermanned before the jump ball is even thrown in the air. So... You know, four games coming up, again, three on the road. Well, they haven't played all that well this season anyway. So should be another interesting stretch to see how the Hornets fare by the time they return home after this trip when they face the Utah Jazz at home in Uptown next Saturday night. So here's a random stat, and it's um, all about Mark Williams, who I was asked about in the mailbag earlier. And it kind of just shows just kind of just how he's improved right before your eyes in, in a couple of weeks here. Um, over his last 10 games, going into their matchup with the Orlando Magic on Friday night, Mark Williams has had a block in each of those games. That's the second longest streak that's active right now in the NBA. Again, this is a rookie who you know wasn't even playing very much you know just a few weeks back. And now he has a second active longest streak in the league with a block in 10 straight games. If that doesn't also tell you just about how much he can be a rim protector and kind of, you know, short things up on the inside for the Hornets, then I don't know what does. Because, you know, as we saw that block um, to see the game uh, against the Atlanta, excuse me, Atlanta Hawks a couple weeks back when he blocked Trey Young's shot. I mean, Mark Williams, he has the skills to be able to solve the Hornets' issues inside. So his active streak of 10 blocks, having a game of 10, you know, having a block in 10 straight games, again, I should show you just, just how good he's been of late. He has a long way to go, and his ceiling is, as we talked about earlier, is, 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 very, is up there. But to be able to have a block in 10 straight games, that's not easy to do. 
I don't care what level it is. Pee Wee, AAU, playing 21 against your brother in the backyard, whatever. Um, so that's very impressive. So kudos to Mark Williams for showing that he may be able to be the answer for the Hornets inside after all. All right. So there you have it. Many thanks to my guest, Gordon Haywood. And thank you so much for joining me for this latest episode of QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for special offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right, till next time, we out.